Welcome to Agriculture's Top Hands Podcast. In this podcast, I will interview the leaders of the agriculture industry, ranging from 4-H and FFA members, farmers, ranchers, agribusiness people, and government officials about why they believe in the future of agriculture. So join me, host, Bailey Habaker, in talking to the top hands of the agriculture industry. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Agriculture's Top Hands. Today I have with me Mrs. Carrie Moore. Uh, So, hey, Carrie, if you want to just get started by telling us about yourself, can I give us the elevator speech? Sure. So, um, I grew up a lot on my grandparents' farm south of Minot uh, in the South Prairie area. Did a lot of weekends out there, spent a lot of my summers out there, but I per se didn't grow up. Um, on a farmer ranch. We lived out of town um, in the Logan area, but just due to being on the farm all the time around the animals, I just knew it was something I wanted to do and pursue, which got me into 4-H and FFA. And so when it came time, the nice thing about being at a large high school was I had opportunities uh, to be in FFA and take all those different bo-egg classes there that taught me about animal care and welding and meat processing and you get a good diversity of what you want to go into uh, before you have to attend college and so I chose to go to at that time it was NDSU Botano still uh, for fish and wildlife management got my two-year degree there and then uh, moved back to Minot and went to MSU and got plant and animal biology I still wasn't sure what exactly I wanted to do Uh, During that meantime, I interned a little bit for North Dakota Game and Fish and then also worked at Roosevelt Zoo for three years um, and did the zoology thing, which I really liked. Um, I then moved to Wisconsin after I graduated and got a job on a large dairy farm there as a lead feeder and worked with a nutritionist. So got a whole new insight on the dairy industry because at my grandparents' farm, there was just two cows you milked by hand every morning and night. So it was quite a change. Um, During that process then, I was introduced to the swine industry by a friend and so hooked up with a large confinement uh, group there and started working there for a couple of years, really loved it. I wanted to get back at that time to North Dakota. I'd been gone about four or five years. I loved Wisconsin, but I just again wanted to get back home. So at that time, I mean, as you know, North Dakota is not a big swine production area. And so there was a company starting up a facility uh, here in the Kandu area. Uh, They needed people with pig experience. So I came here. We went to Canada for a short time and trained. Then after being there a few years, another barn opened up uh, that was starting up with a company from Iowa. So I switched over to that barn and helped them get started up. I came back to the original barn. (laughs) Um, And then I got a job with the Soil Conservation District where I could work uh, directly with farmers and ranchers, um, getting a lot of conservation on the ground. Did that for about nine years and then quit about three years ago and have been full-time on the farm. My husband and I kind of reversed roles and he went back to work because we do have three kids. And so it was much easier for me to do a lot of the things 
then try to flex my work schedule where him trucking, uh, it's a lot more, he can leave at three in the morning and be home by 10 or 11 if there's things we need to do together. Um, our farm is about 650 acres and we crop share with his family. Um, also uh, an elected volunteer position for the vice president of communications for American Agri-Women. So pretty busy, um, but since I quit my full-time job and I'm on the farm, at least during the farm, like right now, we're kind of in between spring. So I do have some slow times to get caught up on computer and other things, which it's, it's working out really good. There's always something to do. You never really get a break on the farm. <laughs> There's never really a slow time. No. Um, so Carrie, have you always been involved in egg or always wanted to be an egg or have you ever thought of venturing off into some other field? No, um, I haven't again, just not growing up on a farm, but being part of a farm, I kind of drove me to that. Cause, uh, you know, when you're born on a farm, you just, it becomes chores and because, you know, it's just part of your lifestyle where when I was going there, you're learning every time. It's not just something you have to do. I'm going to the farm because I want to go. So that the older I got, you know, your level of learning grows and what you want to know grows and how intense you get into it. So as I got older, the interest just grew. Um, and then because it wasn't a farm that I was going to be able to be active on, I knew I would have to find my own path. And so that's where, again, I was trying all the different things in college and the workforce to find out uh, what I wanted to do. But the problem is I like to do it all. There wasn't one specific one that I would say, oh, I would never do again. I enjoyed them all. So, <laughs> you know, I always find it intriguing because like I just take for granted I grew up on a farm. It was obvious that I was going to help on the farm, all that. And so when people weren't raised like right there when they want to come on and they get so intrigued and so exciting. And then there's people like you that love all of it. Cause usually <laughs> us were like, I, I mean, I know I'm like, I used to hate the crop side of things. I was like, why do we even have crops? And now I'm like, animals make you stay home a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I love and them. It's different. But... <laughs> it's totally different for like families too, because um, we've seen it here with ours. So my husband's, uh, one sister they farm but they don't live on a farm oh, uh, they yep. live in town and so the perspective of the farm is totally different for the two sets of grandkids because they get to come out I mean it, it's kind of like my perspective they get to come out mm -hmm. and see grandma and grandpa and if they don't want to do anything with the farm it's fine like they're just here to see grandma and grandpa where to the my kids the farm is oh I gotta go do this I gotta go do this like you know and yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember my 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 mom's parents had like this anniversary party one time and they're all like we're going down to their farm and I was like are you kidding me because they're like all oh, the family's there why aren't you excited I'm like because I have to mow the lawn when we get there <laughs> like yeah everybody's excited to play around at the farm and I'm gonna have to do stuff there yeah <laughs> but yep, now totally. looking back it's like oh it was fun <laughs> it was worth it <laughs> work can be fun I guess <laughs> um are you a member of any organizations or club or maybe have been a member that could say have helped you kind of today get to where you are 
Uh, two, definitely for sure. Again, I mentioned FFA. That's where I got a lot of my dairy and livestock judging. Um, learned a lot of parliamentary procedure, which you didn't think at the time was a big thing. But if you want to get on any types of boards now, that's something you need to know. <laughs> uh, another big one with FFA was I did a lot, a lot of public speaking. And so by the time I got to freshman speech in college, everybody's freaking out. And I'm like, oh, this is just another, <laughs> like, I'm not being judged today. Like, <laughs> Oh, I feel so, that. <laughs> um, the kids that can take public speaking and get through it in high school in FFA and that kind of situation, um, the better off you're going to be in the long run. And then the one I'm a part of now that's probably the most impactful is Farm Bureau. Um, North Dakota Soybean Council is another close uh, second. I was recently elected our county representative as the grower but I was able to go a few years ago on the See For Yourself tour to the Pacific Northwest, uh, which is really enlightening and amazing. When I was there, one of the trains that came in uh, was bringing wheat from our local elevator that we deliver to. And I joked about it with the guy. I'm like, hey, is this such and such North Dakota? And they're like, yeah, we get trains from there all the time. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> coincidence <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the, the towns here in north dakota like aren't just general town names no. like it's <laughs> no <sighs> for sure not i had a professor oh. in college that said he took attendance by asking random questions and he had the class list and he'd randomly call out your name and so you never knew when you were gonna get called and the one day he goes does anybody know where sun prairie grain is and I like shot up my hand and there's three of us in the class that shot up our hands and he's like name two locations and so I did and I was so proud of myself and he goes okay and then his next random question he's like uh Bailey Hawbaker and I was like oh it's me again oh no and I didn't know the answer and he's like oh you've already answered you're here we're good to go and he's like you're good for the rest of the semester since you actually knew where that was and I'm like, oh my gosh and every other kid that was in there that raised their hand was so mad <laughs> He's like, if you can name those uh, tiny towns, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's not something you can just randomly make out of the top. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> we feel that oh, in North Dakota. <laughs> very smart. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So any other with organizations or what have the organizations kind of helped you with? Besides public um, speaking. Again, meeting uh, contacts, getting involved in the industry. Again, those that's why the advisors are there, is to help you guide your interests and get you involved in what you want. You learn, because you never know where you're going to go in North Dakota. A lot of people leave their small town. Well, I still talk to people, or now the weird thing is, my kids are involved with kids of people that I was involved with 4-H. So you go to these events and it's just like, we have our friends and the kids have their friends. And it's like, oh yeah, I went to high school with them. And we used to get it, go against each other in FFA competitions and what? You, so you meet those contacts just within the states alone. That you, I mean, they might help you with a job. They might help you with your kids. And I, I mean, you never know how they're gonna end up in your life 30 years. And on high school, that's not something you're concerned about, but 
piece of advice. <laughs> Keep the contacts. <laughs> well, you are involved in several ways within the industry and you're also a mom. So how can you find time to balance everything since we found out that farming is never slow? <laughs> um, I think it's gotten a lot easier now, I'll admit it, over the past couple years since my calendar has gotten scribbled out a lot. It's, um, I would prefer to go on trips and get away from my family. I miss that. But um, I'm not gone for so long, so it's not as hard to juggle the kids where they need to go, who's watching them, packing them a bag. And they're getting older, so that makes it easy, too. But, I mean, you got to be real. There was a time where it was a real struggle for me and me and my husband and the farm because a lot of things happen when it's not the most ideal time because I can plan for an event in July. Well, all of a sudden, oh, we have the state fair to get ready for now because the kids have to redo this project or we need to start spraying because of this. Or And so you can't, I mean, you can book a trip six months out but up until the week before you don't know so our biggest asset probably was our family and our friends um, again we had both worked in the egg industry of some type before so having that person to call to say hey I'm out in the field with the farmer kids need to be picked up from daycare in half an hour can you get there like or can you go grab them or can they walk over to so-and-so's house um, just having that backup people that supports you and understand, that's probably the biggest impact in making my life as a mom easier <laughs> is just those quick phone calls where someone's like, oh no, do I really have to? Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, yes, we understand you're working, you're not. Mm-hmm. So definitely need that tribe of people that you can depend on. Um, but yeah, there are times when it's really, really tough. And I think that could possibly be the hardest for like farming families because you get working on a piece of equipment or you never know what's going to happen that day. Yep. So you can't yep. really plan. And the daycare is the big thing I would say, because it got to be picked up by or school picked up by a certain time. And yeah. And it's not just two blocks away. Like you have to stop, put away everything you're doing, or at least kind of confine it. And then you got a 20 minute drive to town on top of it. So you can't just leave five minutes before you got to go pick them up. It's I'm going to be on an hour probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when I was little and dad, every time dad had to watch me, mom probably called him 10 times. Like, remember whatever you're doing needs to be dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We've gone. And again, that's why, I mean, we're a small enough farm, but women are just better multitaskers <laughs> than men like i'd be like calling from work where are the kids oh they're at my mom's because we live on the same farm as his parents and it's like i've been doing this three years and i think i've sent the kids to your mom's maybe a handful of times because i had to go to the field like <laughs> yep <laughs> weird so yeah when he when he was on the farm we still had daycare when i've been on the farm daycare magically got canceled <laughs> All of a sudden, you're the daycare. (laughs) Amazing how it all works out. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you already stated that you just love agriculture, Miss Egg over here. Uh, But if you had to pick a favorite part of being uh, in the industry, most enjoyable, what would it be? 
Um, it would probably be a tie. Um, my favorite animals to work with in the whole swine industry was just, again, like I'm a very detailed, um, scheduled person. <laughs> so the, the swine industry is very like timely processing, like everything has, like you have so many days to do this. You have so many weeks to do this. You have so many, like it's very, you know what you're going to do when you go in in the morning before you have to leave, what has to get done. Like that has, even if something goes wrong, that has to get done. So I like that. Okay. I know what I'm going to do when I go in today. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really going to surprise me other than maybe go bang on a bin or pull a, a pit that might be overflow. It's not a major, it's something you can do or there's other people there. I mean, you can get it done together. Um, but then on the extreme opposite, I love being in the tractor. Um, again, that's kind of my time. Even if something breaks down, like I don't have anybody around me. It's just, I can listen to podcasts. I can listen to music. I can drink my coffee. It doesn't matter. So like, I love just being in the tractor and looking at every field, looking at what's around me, but you never know if something's going to break down and shut you down for half the day. Or if you're going to go to a field and it's going to be wet or the cedar's going to plug or I, so, mm. I mean, two extreme opposites, but just being in the tractor, um, by myself, that alone time. Um, and then the swine industry are probably my two favorite egg related um careers i totally agree pigs <laughs> we had cows forever and then i convinced my brother to get me pigs for my birthday and that i was in love i was sold i'm like oh i wish i could have had these forever and i still just and they're just the easier pigs. to handle yeah. like and as so one cute. or two people yeah <laughs> they're smart cows are dumb sometimes like. oh. Agree. <laughs> so, My pig's not yeah, pulling me around everywhere. <laughs> I might have to chase exactly. it, but I can do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And the whole breaking down thing, I used to beg dad, oh, just let me drive combine. And then, well, I still do sometimes. But he, uh, I was driving the one time and we did our opening round. He's just sitting in there with me. And then his last words were, don't break anything. And I was like, dad, I got this. And I went one round and the belts on the pickup head just all went to the middle. And I'm like, I don't even know how that happens. So I call him and I'm like, I didn't do anything. And he comes out and he's just like laughing. Like, how does this, if I would have stayed out here 10 more minutes, I would have been out here. For right. But it's just, you never, you don't plan for that. No. <laughs> and that's again the biggest thing people don't realize like when I quit my job to be on the farm full time I mean it was one thing before like I was active on the farm I mean I wasn't just okay I got off work got in a tractor everything was ready and when I was done I left like you know I still had to blow out everything I mm -hmm. still fueled it I mean I was still in that aspect but now it's like if something breaks the hydraulic line blows I have to fix it. I'm the one who has to take it to town, get it fixed, come back, put it on. Like, mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, being a farmer in, you know, is kind of an adjustment. The fact that you're not just 
sitting it in a piece of equipment now like this is your job like there's no one for me to call to say come fix this i'm gonna go make supper exactly you're now the mechanic as you're not just the farmer you're the mechanic you're the planner the manager oh. everything and i'm like not a clean person i i got i'm very like ocd clean but when i do something like, yeah, when I left the pig barn, I was the worst. And when I have to fix something so simple, leave it to me, but I will just be covered in either hydraulic oil or grease or I don't, I just like attracted and people I come in and the guys are just like, what are you fixing today? <laughs> I'm, when I showed Clearly cattle. you're working on something. <laughs> For sure. When I showed cattle, everybody's like, I think the black paint is like a magnet to you. It's magnetized. And I'm like, I think I could just like walk by black paint and it's just on me. I feel that. walk by a grease gun. And like two hours later, I'm like, how do I have grease in my hair? Like I didn't even grease anything. For sure. Or like how I just showered or I just got out here. How am I all dusty? Like, How does this even happen? There's no mud anywhere, but I stepped in the one little mud spot. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works. <laughs> we, we're the same on that aspect. <laughs> Feel the pain. <laughs> Hasn't changed in like 40 years. I thought I was the only one, so it makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, will be like, how did you get so dirty? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Okay. Yeah, what you told me. You need a GoPro just to record yeah. everything. <laughs> oh. Well, as we start to kind of wrap things up, do you have any advice for young people in the egg industry or anybody that's just kind of wanting to get more involved? Definitely get on a board, like at any level. Again, I mean, even if you start in high school on some kind of club. I mean, granted, it's not a board, but you're just, you're learning things. And even once you come back home, if you went away to college, it doesn't even have to be egg related. It can be like your school board or um, your FSA has uh, boards, your soil conservation districts, but definitely like learn how a meeting is run, how to run financial reports and do budgets, take notes. And, you know, like the discussion meet and farm bureau, have productive discussion because people do not get along. Um, and that's, again, it's coming from the diversity and learning how to work with different people on the board, which you may think is a hassle, but it, at some point, um, that's going to help you. And like I said, make those contacts because once you do that, you're showing that you care about your community, which is huge, especially in the small rural towns. So just by being there, asking questions, um, it, it, you're learning from others, especially the older people, whether they're farmers or not, you don't have to try to be them or up their game, up your game to be to their level but just appreciate all that they're sharing with you because they're going to share some failures as well as their successes. And those are the things that you're going to want to take note on. Um, so hopefully you don't like why reinvent the wheel. If you can learn something from someone else, um, totally let them do it um, and use that to your advantage. Uh, no matter what field, no matter what board, it's always going to be intimidating. Um, whether it's a job or getting on a board. So you, you have to learn the ropes 
and you have to just start asking questions and seeing how things are done. Um, get comfortable doing that. And that's where, again, it's going to be uncomfortable being on that board or committee the first few times. But you're, once you learn things and know things, it's not only going to help you, it's not only going to help your community, it's going to help your farm, it's going to help your family. Um, and that's what we need in rural towns right now is that involvement, the volunteering. It's not just about donating money. Um, we need bodies on a lot of these things. It's donating your time. You can get money anywhere if you ask hard enough. Like <laughs> It's crappy to say, but you can find sponsors. You can't always find people to work at your county fair to be a judge or you know those type of things. So just be out there and be involved, even if it's not. It's going to take away from your time, but you have to look at the long run, how it's going to benefit everyone um, because that community is you and it's going to be your future so when you can't make change unless you're part of it yeah <clears throat> people always say i hear a lot of well why didn't such and such council do this or why didn't this elevator do this or why are they charging us this well if you're part of that cooperative you are the elevator. So <laughs> you have a voice. Don't, I mean, go in and be part of it. Don't just complain about it. Like you're part of it. So <laughs> you're just as much to blame if, or question if you don't understand something as the next guy. So, or attend that meeting to figure out why. Yep. I mean, you don't have to be rude about it if you have a, a statement to say or an opinion or a feeling that's why you're part of that cooperative and again that productive board discussion learn how to say your disagreements in a way that someone will relate to you and understand to you and your farm um because not all farms are the same in those co-ops so mm -hmm. that's how you need to express your voice not at the local coffee shop complaining about it yep for sure well, thank you. As we kind of, as we do wrap things up, I guess, uh, is there anything you want to put a plug in for, um, any way to follow you on social media or your business? Um, and thanks for being on. Sure. So, um, my social media outlet is tractor rounds and coffee grounds, but you can just search tractors and coffee. That'll take you to my website. Um, and then there's links to Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, um, all on there. And then every Thursday for Farm Bureau, uh, I do, I've been doing video blogs the past year. It's way easier for me to do something out in the field than it is to get to my computer and type things up. Um, so that comes out uh, with Farm Bureau every Thursday. I do post those on there as well, but you can check out the Facebook page or go to Farm Bureau's page and check that out. Um, I'm trying to get a podcast going. It's taking a lot longer because again, things are just <laughs> crazy around here, but I'm hoping to discuss just some of the more controversial topics in ag because a lot of times we complain about consumers not seeing things our way, but there's a lot of times within the ag industry you see, again, the whole productive, you see something different than I do, but the fact is we're still producing food for the world and the resources that you have and the track 
doctors you have and the facilities you have are totally different than mine. So we're not going to do things the same and we're not going to sell our products the same. And so we get mad at each other a lot, but it's just realizing and trying to find, okay, this is her point of view. This is mine. How can we make it work? Like, it's not you're right, I'm wrong. Or so I'm hoping to just, Made there, it's not going to be about you know my opinion. I'm going to do research on all the topics and bring as much information I can on both sides of the controversial topic. And then, if, if it's something that interests people, they can take it and research it further. But I mean, we've got to take our own advice and what we tell consumers what you type into Google is what you're going to get. If you type in GMOs are bad, you're going to get search results for GMOs are bad. If you just say, are GMOs bad, you're going to get a lot more different. So again, it's just plugging in what the whole aspect of some of these hot topics in rural America and just kind of showing light on both sides of it and just being considerate of our fellow egg producers. Because just we're in a different state, we grow different crops, doesn't mean we're all that different. Very true. Well, thanks, Carrie. That was awesome. I had a lot of fun, a lot of laughing in the podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to yours. So, that's so yeah, it's like, get it going. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on paper, like a lot of things, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel that. Well, thanks for having, uh, thanks for letting me have you on. And uh, to the guests, we'll see you on the next episode of Agriculture's Top Hands. You do not want to miss the chance to earn a free professional development credit at CTE-inspired virtual conference hosted by ICEV. And if attendees watch the session, ICEV is a certification testing platform live. They'll receive a voucher for industry certification exams. Check out the blog titled Earning a Voucher at CTE-inspired for industry certifications to learn more. Registration's still open, so make sure to register today.